0: If you're listening to this right now, um, if you're listening to this right now, you should definitely
1: come to our Halloween stream tonight. I have that in, I have it in my notes for shout Sorry. Okay, ready? So our Halloween (laughs) live stream is going to be tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern. That is 7 p.m. Pacific? I'm trying to math it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 10 to 7. 7 to 10. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, figure out what time that means in your area. Uh, we are at twitch.tv slash crime culture podcast. Yeah. We'll post that, it on our socials. Uh, as of the time of recording this, we don't know ooh, what movie ooh. we're going to be watching. Um, but when you hear this, uh, we will have announced it on our uh, social medias, uh, specifically Instagram. And um, join us tonight. To watch yeah whatever fun movie dare. we're going to watch yeah we've got some if you've been on our instagram stories you
0: have seen the options that had, yeah that we had some fun options like i'm a big fan and
1: yeah you know and we're gonna let's... open our uh secret satan gifts this <laughs> evening so uh if you're able to join us for the stream To open your gifts maybe hold off on it if you're part of our secret satan Mm -hmm. gift exchange if you pressure you don't have to if you are not able to make it uh feel free to open your gift whenever make sure to share um what you have received Mm -hmm. uh tag us if you post it anywhere and also we have a specific um this is nice time to plug our discord we have a discord (laughs) message us on any of our social media for the invite to our discord i just made a channel in the discord for Secret Satan stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. we've had some fun times on the Discord of everybody sending out all their stuff, everyone slowly but surely receiving all of their gifts, and are very excited uh, to open everything. The so, best time of year, yes. So, once we open everything, we will share um, all of our goodies on there. And, um, we also have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Crime Culture Pod at gmail.com, Crime Culture Podcast at com. Um, cosmicgreencandles.com if you use cr- code mm-hmm. crimeculture you get 10% off they are the well, best candles they burn beautifully they smell incredible cosmic green candles is the sponsor of uh essentially spooktober. it's the spooktober sponsor it is the spookiest sponsor it is uh they're fantastic uh we've been burning one in our house constantly pretty much and that's and that's a safe distance the from too. the pets uh, yes yes, yes um i had an
0: art teacher who always told this story of how her cat's tail caught fire I know. because i've seen stuff like that candle. yeah um i would never Mine or mine just try to jump into like boiling pots of things um but no that's the thing that i do want to touch on though with cosmic green candles is also we're not like everybody knows we've all seen on tiktok where like somebody will be like oh i just had to get this um like blender and, oh, I just really, I, I just, I wanted to blend some stuff and, oh, look, this blender comes with a cap. Like, it's all very, you're obviously like, paid. we're not getting a, a fucking thing out of this. except no, we got some You're candles. saving money. We got candles because we were like, yeah, let's do this. And they were like, here's a thank you gift. But by no means are we getting like a cut of this money yeah. and we just we, uh, we support businesses we believe in and we, pre- we prefer to support small businesses. Yes.
1: And we spread the love with our candles. If you are part of our Patreon, you mm-hmm. may have received a little gift from us. If I had your address, um, we uh, kind of spread the love to a couple of people who've been supporting us for a long time. Uh, very sorry to Kim. I could not get it across uh, country lines. Oh. Yes, I was very upset about that. That's bullshit. Yeah. Um, that's... It's... Shipping was going to be insane. Charles, what especially up to? Especially for a candle. Yeah. Um, but before, I'm doing all the shout-outs at the top. We're shouting out patrons. Yeah, at, I was going to uh, say, patrons, we're going around. Shouting out our patrons: Janie, Sarah, Kim, Travis, Megan, Michaela, Stevie, and Delaney. Thank you guys so much um, for supporting us for so long. Spooktober Seriously. is the best. Uh, we made it through painlessly this year. I'm so surprised. We've really cracked the code. We're not this done being yet. Like the fifth year in. We're not done. Six. Six. This is the sixth Spooktober sixth we've done. Here. How yes. insane is that? Um, I just But we're coming at you with it's kind of a tradition now. The last episode of Spooktober is creepy pastas. So that is what we are doing for you guys today. And let's just jump right in. I have a couple, Caitlin's got a couple. Um I like a couple. I got a couple short ones. I like some short ones um yeah so i'm starting with this one it's called popcorn ceiling i you know what i went oh back- that's a nightmare in and of itself yeah fuck a Design popcorn nightmare.
0: ceiling if your home has any texture in it that is not furniture or flooring
1: fuck out of here i am so sorry i went back through my old uh like i do i do all of our uh, outlines in google docs i went through mm-hmm. all of my google docs from like past spook- uh Spooktobers mm, for scary stories. Ghosts of Spooktober. I am past. I am ninety percent sure I have not told any of these stories before. But they are all from creepypasta.com So you know what? If I if there's a double in there, enjoy.
0: If there's a double in there, I mean Who's gonna don't tell? Good me? Things, don't good things come in pairs sure. or something?
1: Yeah. You and
0: I are a good pair. There we go. Boom. Perfect. Good things come in pairs. Popcorn ceiling,
1: uh by stupid dial up. Love it. Yeah, that's a great name. Okay, here we go. After my parents' divorce, and for too many years after, my twin sister Ginny would wake me up unexpectedly in the middle of the night. Her demeanor would always be f- frightened and scared when she did. It always reminded me of when we were kids and she would escape to my room away from our drunken and abusive mother. Ginny would just sit on the floor at the side of my bed and brush at my hand as we stared at each other in a comforting embrace. Five, sometimes ten minutes would go by until she would start to pull away and i know it was over. We would never talk, but we never had to in moments like those. She just needed a place to escape. A September night nearly four years ago was different. Ginny was exceptionally frightened and incredibly, and crying inconsolably. For the first time since we were children, I could feel her grasp on my hand to wake me up. Her grip was cold, damp, and trembling in fear she was nope. so scared and helpless that I felt equally scared and helpless this is a common empathy twin share especially for Ginny and I after 20 minutes of comforting her and holding her as tight as I could I felt her slipping away again this time she begged and pleaded to stay with me we would never talk during her escapes but this night was different as I lunched and jumped to keep her from floating away I lost my ability to feel and touch her she floated up to the popcorn ceiling and was dragged across the harsh surface until she melted into the sheetrock and out of my sight. The vision of her petrified face and desperately, and desperately extended left hand will forever be seared into my memory. Her husband must have been exceptionally rough that night four years ago, much like my mother often was with Ginny as a child. When I watched her fade away, I knew I would never see her again. For some reason, I just knew. Confirming what I already knew, I received the bad news the next morning about her violent murder and rape at the oh hands of God. her husband. Even oh then, uh, I already knew the how and why the police could never explain the scrape marks and dust on Ginny's back. I guess I could have told them, but what good would it have done anyway? Only a twin could understand. I had not felt the embrace of my sister nearly 10 years prior to that moment for whatever reason i was able to feel her again for one last time to be with her when she needed to be most like i was always there when we were children it never mattered that we were always a thousand miles apart
0: da, da, da. uh that's giving some like practical magic but if things did not go so well energy don't spoil oh practical magic for the people I'm not spoiling shit. I'm just saying the sisterly bond, the whole thing, the knowing that the sister is in trouble. And this is all within the first, I'd say, 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Like, but it's giving. It's it's it's. (sighs) Damn, poor Ginny. Poor Ginny. Even that Ginny Jilly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You tell me. Let's hear your first one. All right, so my first one, uh, this one goes out to what I do to make a living, LOL, Um, and it's called, I should have read the reviews. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. By uh, user MaliaGirl1314, or MaliaGirl1314, I'm not sure, M-A-L-I-A, and she's on the Reddits, Okay, or they're on the Reddits, um, I did assume, but starts out. My girlfriend moved out three weeks ago. My cat, Rook, was really close to her and now that she's gone, I can tell he's a bit lonely. Especially when I'm at work. I came home a few times to my curtains ripped up or all the toilet paper in shreds. The last straw was when I came home after working late to find he clawed a hole the size of a dinner plate into the side of the sofa. Mmm. We've all been there. I decided I had to do something. I tried different toys, even catnip, but nothing worked. One night while browsing Amazon, I saw a pet camera. It's a tiny camera that records your pets on a live feed so you can monitor their behavior while you're away. It even has an audio function so you can talk to them. Sounded silly, but hey, I love my furry dude, so I bought it. I got overnight shipping and installed it immediately. I decided to set it up in my bedroom as that was where Rook dwelled most. Yeah, but never put a fucking camera in your bedroom. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. But anyway, my first day at work, I think, I checked that camera 30 times. When I spoke into the microphone, Rook seemed to be happier, and I noticed there was no destruction around the house, either. By day four, I figured I'd solved the problem with Rook. That leads me to right now. About 30 minutes ago, I climbed in bed with Rook, ready to close my eyes when my phone buzzed. A notification from the pet cam. I almost ignored it. Sure, I would just triggered the thing, but I opened it anyway. What I saw made my grip tighten on the phone. Mm. Instead of a video of myself in bed, I saw a man, tall, gangly, with pale skin and large eyes. He was moving into my room with exaggerated steps like a sneaking cartoon character. Eat that. He got right up to the lens, so close I could almost smell his rotten breath and he smiled. (laughs) I immediately paused the video, terrified. I looked at the spot where the man should have been standing, but there was no one there. I went onto Amazon and found the pet cam and read the reviews, hoping for some weird glitch. It It had to be a joke, right? The first dozen reviews were pretty standard, but it was the last that caused me to bolt upright. The customer complained that the camera was on a time delay sometimes as much as 15
1: minutes.
0: (gasps) I went back to the video and pressed play with shaky fingers. I watched in horror as the man slithered under my bed, giving the camera a wink before disappearing in the darkness. Then I saw myself enter the room and climb in bed before the video ended. Now I'm sitting in my bed, (gasps) knowing he's under it. I could call the police, but I doubt I have the time. So, please do yourself a favor and read the reviews
1: so he decided to write a creepypasta instead I mean, people are going to wonder what happened wow incredible
0: yeah this this one i'm so glad that michael isn't going to listen to this because this has been a frequent argument actually in our house is yeah. that i want to get a pet cam so that i can watch my babies i don't i worry yeah. about them I worry I, about them, and Michael's like, "Do not bring a camera into our home." <laughs> no, it's enough
1: having this the... this. Might convince me. It's enough having the Google Home.
0: Yeah, the G word. If I say it, we know her well. She'll wake up. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. She yeah. she fucking interrupted me in the middle of a meeting at work today.
1: Of today, what day is
0: it? I'm trying to think of what day. Yes, no,
1: it was yesterday. I don't know what day it is. It's Spooktober. It is Spooktober. It doesn't matter what day it is yeah my next story is called the doll by bodica no, no. do you have yes the doll? bodica
0: i don't know but oh. i don't fuck with dolls we also
1: have never in this in the six years we've been doing this uh have we've never had the same story So oh. I'm, I'm waiting
0: for us to have a story overlap there's no fucking way because i even asked you and when you told me about the creepypasta place where you get yours i made a mental note i'm like i am not going to
1: go there yeah but there are some other like there's some overlap of stories like people there will... could be
0: but i want to do my due diligence
1: okay I'll, so this I'll, is I'll, I'll the doll lose it. by Bo b-o-u-d-i-c-a and here we go i gave her the doll on her birthday she loved it at first, told me it was so beautiful, that its hair was so soft and the dress was so pretty, she wouldn't let it out of her sight for days. During the day, she set it up on the table so she could see it while cleaning the house. During the night, she sat it next to the bed, looking at us sleeping with big, blue, unmoving eyes. But my wife's love for the doll soon changed. Soon I noticed something was bothering her. I asked, of course, but she wouldn't tell me at first. She said she was just being silly. But day after day, she closed herself more and more from me until I couldn't take it anymore. I pressed her, told her she would tell me what was going on right now or I would drag her to the doctor. She finally broke and cried and the crying words came spilling out. She then told me that it was the doll. It scared her. She told me she had the feeling it was constantly watching her. Sometimes it even seemed like it was moving. This worried me and I went to take a look at the doll. It sat motionless on the little table in the bedroom. The big blue eyes unchanged. I couldn't help but sigh it from relief a bit. Of course she's not moving. She couldn't have been. I went to turn away, but then I saw a tiny movement out of the corner of my eye. I turned back to the doll, picking it up from the table. I held held my face close to the doll's staring, uh, unmoving eyes. Something was moving. I tried to concentrate, tried to look a little bit closer. Yes, there definitely was movement. But not from the eye itself, it was behind the eye. Before I could register this, the eye burst out as if it spilled at least ten wriggling maggots. I dropped the doll in shock, backing away instinctively. My wife yelled from the other room, asking me what was going on. I yelled back to her not to worry. I picked up the doll again, using a tissue to wipe away the maggots. Inside, I saw more pressing against the skin and the plastic outer layer
0: absolutely not so
1: soon already i had hoped she would have lasted longer i will have to get a new one for her maybe keep it alive first that way it'll last longer for sure while i throw away the old doll i think about how my wife always says she loves the thick blonde curls of little katie down the block doesn't she also have blue eyes no yeah
0: Fuck! I wondered, but I didn't consider. No. Serial <sighs> killer. No, not 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 little Katie. No. Well, oh my God, Did, you witnessed. I just that. saw. Uh, you I just, just saw watched a cat in back. real time. A so yeah, a cat just climbed into the seat of honor. I have a co-pilot seat next to me because otherwise they walk in front of my camera, and that's fine until I'm in like a work meeting and they're flashing some behol, which is not HR approved, probably um and felix just stealthily climbed in here and all i saw was a shadow next
1: to me and i'm gonna tell you something there's nothing about felix that's stealthy that's fair (laughs) that's he's a
0: he's a hefty boy it's okay though but i didn't hear him coming i didn't see him that's what she said Mm -hmm. um that's what anybody said but yeah he just why you gotta do that buddy well, Katie down the block is in danger. He's trying
1: to he's trying to help you.
0: He is. He's climbing into my lap as we speak. Um, oh, buddy. Your Mama has to read else. a scary story right now. I literally he waited. He's No, you're not climbing on my desk. Um, not on the keyboard, please. Not on the sir. keyboard specifically. Oh. He's also trying to Yeah, he's trying to rub his face against my mic. This is he's oh, he's drooling. This is this is the scary story in and of itself. Um, all right, Felix, do you want to read this with me?
1: Maybe? Perhaps? No. Oh. He's going he's gonna to pull the headphones out. He's going to step on the keyboard. His eyes are facing two separate directions. <laughs> oh, Thank you. Mama, Mama love he me. He wants kisses. I'm going to do a quick...
0: That, that's going to go in the Patreon Discord channel in lieu of a drink. Because you know what? He is large. He's a tall drink of water. Oh. Okay, goodbye. And he just clawed me to leave. Yeah. Um. I could take this out we could take this out no it's spooktober um everything stays in everything is staying in for this one except for no i guess everything's staying in tell me your next story so my next one is i want to read my daughter's diary to find out why she left us so my wife says absolutely not
1: is this the title or is this the beginning of the story yes and it's by (laughs)
0: lightning nations on reddit
1: okay You gotta edit that Um, title down, buddy.
0: No, uh, it's giving Call it the diary. It's giving Am I the Asshole to me. Okay. Like, that's the vibe I got, which for those who don't know, Am I the Asshole is like a very popular subreddit where people just kind of ask the peanut gallery, like Am I the dick in this situation? Is it somebody else? There's also like, no assholes here, everyone sucks here. But regardless, Lightning Nations wants to know. Okay. Am I the asshole for wanting to read my daughter's diary? Tell me what's going on. When my wife shuffled into the room, still half asleep, I was staring at a little red diary on the dining room table. Anne's eyes shot open wider than dinner plates. Tell me you didn't read that. With my eyes fixed on the book, I took a long sip of coffee and shook my head. I'm trying to decide what Kiara would want. hand shot up against Anne's chest as she took several slow, steady breaths. You can't. How do you think she'd feel knowing her father snooped through her diary? Under normal circumstances, I'd agree with you. Great, she said. I caught her wrist to keep her from grabbing it away. But these aren't normal circumstances. Hmm? For 20 minutes, Anne insisted my reading it would be a monstrous betrayal. Already in tears, I protested, said I needed to know the reason my daughter checked out. Mm. She always seemed so bubbly, so joyful. She and I talked about everything, yet she never once hinted she was suffering. The only problem she faced was constantly clashing heads with her stepmother. I'll spare you the grisly details, but on several occasions, Kiara accused Anne of being a gold digger more than once. Mm. I told Anne she didn't understand the pain I was in, the torture of not understanding why. The two of us reached an agreement, give it one week. Once I read the diary, there'd be no unreading it, so it was better to take seven days and give the decision some serious thought. Okay. The anxiety drove me to the brink. My coffee intake increased to 18 cups a day, I started smoking again and needed a glass of whiskey or two or three or four, just to sleep at night. On the morning of the seventh day, Anne was waiting for me in the kitchen. She asked how I was feeling, and I told her I'd decided to read the damn thing. Sighing, she poured me a coffee and said, if you're sure, honey, I left it in the top drawer of Kiara's makeup counter. I shuffled upstairs, sat before the mirror, fished my daughter's diary out and took a deep breath, and then opened it at the final entry. But strangely, that page was dated the previous day. It ended with, I can't take living in a world without Kiara, so I've decided to join her. All my affairs are in order. Tomorrow, I'm mixing poison in with my coffee. Goodbye, everyone. I'll see you soon, my darling. When I tried to stand, the room and all the furniture lurched from side to side. The carpeted floor drifted closer as my hands flew up around my throat, which had become drier than sandpaper. It felt like I'd inhaled a cloud of sulfuric acid. A pair of fuzzy slippers lay directly beside my skull. My eyeballs rotated upward toward Anne, who was looming over me. And as a sly grin spread across her face, the real reason why Kiara left us finally dawned on me. Mm. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. Yeah. But she poisoned two people. That's how the song should have gone. Yeah, that's good. Would have been much more interesting. These are good stories um, this year. Yeah, we're... we're Are this, we crushing going? it right now? Don't don't speak too soon. We're we're like two in.
1: Gotta each. be honest with you, didn't fully read this next one. Oh, honey, I read the first paragraph and the last line. I was like, got one. So okay, here we go. okay. That's kind of that's kind of my I look my forward to for
0: I look forward to witnessing you
1: experience this in real time. If it's under six hundred words and the ending is good, chances are I'm gonna use it. Fair if there's any time to phone in an episode it is the halloween episode so this one is called the window and it's by josh h here we go i was in my bedroom doing the
0: typical what i said you can come through my window
1: (laughs) stop it it's a melissa etheridge reference i know I was in the bed. I was in my bedroom doing the typical at home teenager thing, staying up late, digging around the depths of the Internet and generally not paying attention to anything other than what was on my monitor. Hell yeah. (laughs) Just so you know that last into your 30s. (laughs) It was the early morning around two o'clock and everyone in my house was asleep. But me, the room was nice and warm, despite it being the dead of winter, since we had the windows replaced last week. We had been losing heat, especially in my bedroom, through some old storm windows, but the bitter cold was now kept outside. I don't remember what I was doing. I think, in the terror that consumed me, I must have forgotten. I heard a noise at my window. Not the sound of a bug flying into it or the shrubs brushing against it. No, this was an odd noise. A thumping noise. Something I had never heard before. I think anything. I didn't think anything of it initially. Whether that was because I genuinely believed it was nothing, or because I didn't want to find out what it was, I can't say, but I sat there for a moment and just listened to it. It was distinctly rhythmic. Thump. 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 It only lasted 15 seconds or so, and then it stopped. I shuddered, but shrugged it off, and after spending another hour or two browsing and consciously not looking toward the window, toward uh, turned my computer off, uh, and fell into an uneasy and uneventful sleep. This morning, after the sun had been up for a few hours, and the things that go bump in the night were doing whatever they do during the daylight hours, I walked to my window and spent a few minutes trying to replicate the sound that I had heard. I tapped the window, bumped it with some soft objects, even locked and unlocked it, but I couldn't for the life of me figure out what had made that noise. Nothing I did was even close. I figured that the event might have been a fluke and the day went on as normal until the evening. My dad arrived home from work at the usual time and decided that the house was too stuffy. So he came into my room and went to open the window. We're in Texas, so winter evenings are sometimes very comfortable, as was the Mm -hmm. case today. Never in my life before that moment had I genuinely wished I was deaf. My dad forgot to unlock the window before trying to open it, and when he pulled up, it produced the same noise I had heard last night. My window only has handles on the inside. <gasps> no. Yeah. Bruh!
0: Also. First and last. That's it. What a banger. Yeah.
1: That's love it. That's that's I... my that's my tip for creepy pastas. Read the first like three lines and then read the last line and then you'll know if it's good. That used to be my tip for when I was, like,
0: in high school. That would be how I would pick books. Perfect. Because I didn't want to. I had limited time at the library. And I didn't want to squander it. Right. Um, This is not like that. But speaking of limited time,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, this is from Reddit user Hakunomiya. H-A-K-U-N-O-M-Y. I Y A, and okay. it is called. I keep my son inside a chest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just went for yeah, banger I- titles this year. <laughs> like that's all you went for. That's all I read. No, um,
0: that was that that was the requirement. It was like good title. All right, we're going. Okay. Um, no, but I was like, okay, okay. This was go. this was this was fitting. I felt. Each morning when I wake up. I open the chest where I keep my son. I stroked, stroke his small skull and murmur, good morning. Although I know he can no longer hear me. Ugh. Glad that they're not so detached from reality that they think of don't this really. person's yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope he doesn't think I've abandoned him. I hope he knows I never will. When my son died of a fever, I refused to let him go. He was only a baby and all that I had left. So I turned to the stories my own mother had told me, the rituals and legends I'd learned in my childhood. The rules of bringing someone back from the underworld seemed so easy. I scoffed at the stories of those who failed, sure that my willpower would be stronger than theirs. I forced my way through to the fields of night and found my son's faint, pale soul. I guided it all the way back to his body, never looking back once. When I saw my son open his eyes again and smile at me, I thought I had made the right choice. He laughed, he ran, he played just as he had before. I even believed I could pretend nothing had happened. Then a few days later, I saw the rot creeping up his skin. At that moment, I realized my mistake. I hadn't restored my son to life. I had only brought his soul back to his corpse. I tried to comfort him as his body swelled and decayed. He wailed day and night in fear as his flesh fell from his bones. Only when his throat rotted away did he stop screaming. I attempted to return to the underworld to return my son's soul, but the way would not open to me again. I cheated death, and my punishment was to keep what I stole. When his ligaments finally broke down, I gathered his bones and placed them in the antique chest I inherited from my mother. Only the best would do for my son. Sometimes my son's bones lie still inside the chest for hours, even days, and I dare to hope that his soul found its way back to where it belongs. But sooner or later, his bones always begin to rattle again, and I know he's still alive. Once, all I wanted was to have my son here with me. But now, I would give anything for him to die. Damn. Hey, I keep my son in the chest. Damn! Right! Wow! You chose some spooky oh, ones this Michael, year. Michael says too spooky, and that's how you know.
1: Love it! Oh, Beans here too. Beans, like I'm your
0: son. Hi, son. <laughs> Where are the chests, Mama? I once locked Felix in a chest by accident. It I, was an accident. He was yeah. only in it for forty-five minutes.
1: I almost locked him
0: in the closet one time. I have locked Felix in the closet. Yeah. By accident. Yeah. Um, you know it happens, but. Yeah. The difference is we didn't reanimate the corpses. No. Of Bean and Felix. Yeah, so, you know, par for the course. Yeah. You win some,
1: you lose some. So I think my next one is... uh, Yeah, it's called Bones by Lil Cuz N-I. L-I-L apostrophe C u z and I, okay 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 so they're someone's
0: little cousin yeah i presume their name is Ni nee nye is it bill nye i
1: don't
0: know i know it's not the same spelling but that's what he would do to throw you off maybe you
1: tell uh-huh. me at the end of the story all right bill 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 go ahead <laughs> how i loved camping as a kid i loved running around through the forest i loved airsoft wars with my brother and cousins. I loved quadding, but most of all, I loved finding one special rock to take home from each trip. When I was about 14, there was a family-wide camping trip that my parents, my brother, and I were attending. All of my cousins, aunts, and uncles would be there. It was a two-hour drive to our little camping area. It mainly consisted of a dirt paddy, a little field that barely fit all of our tents and trailers, and a forest. We were the last ones there, and as I got out of the car, my 12-year-old cousin, Madeline, greeted me. Maddie and I Mm. were very close as kids. I noticed that there was a certain light in her eyes that I didn't always see in her. She was grasping something in her hand. Look, look, Maddie shouted in my face. Auntie Dana and I went for a walk, and we found these cool deer bones. She held the bone up to my face. Come on, I'll show you where they are, she yelled. What an interesting thought. Instead of a special rock, I'd bring home a bone. I paced along after her down the dirt road about 30 minutes of walking the dirt road narrowed i began to think that we were getting lost but maddie insisted she knew where we were going i was getting hungry as it was nearing supper time, and i hadn't eaten since a couple hours before i had left i was also thirsty so thirsty here maddie announced there they were bones were scattered everywhere i snapped a few pictures with my camera i picked up about five that i wanted to take home Maddie herself had already picked out two that were back in the tent that we were going to share for the weekend. My stomach rumbled, so without saying a word, I grabbed Maddie's arm and began stumbling back to our tiny campsite. That night, Mm -mm. F left me feeling a little creeped out. Maddie was asleep beside me. I felt so vulnerable in the tent with my little cousin. I was scared that a pack of coyotes or a bear would show up and rip us to shreds while everyone else was warm in their trailers. Suddenly, there was a scratching noise coming from outside the tent, and the zipper unzipped from the outside. Maddie Mm -hmm. awoke with a jolt. A woman, obviously missing some body parts, crawled into the tent. Please, she whispered, I need my bones back.
0: Bruh. Absolute no. Yeah. That's a... That's... Yeah. No. Mm Mm-mm. No thanks. I'm good. No thanks. Um... I could have gone. I just want you to know, like I could have gone. My now, I'm I'm just kind of now starting to get back to sleep. Like you know what I mean from Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah. Like only only relatively recently did I like kind of start to get my shit together again. Mm-hmm. And and you're just gonna mm-hmm and hit me with that shit.
1: Yeah. I think I would argue the one like at least two of the ones you've done so far is scarier than that one. Yeah, the one of the guy bitch. coming out under the bed, terrifying. Actual I mean, nightmare. There's no room under my bed, so it wouldn't matter. Fair. That's that's all fair and true.
0: However, I, I don't I don't do kit. I don't do little kits. like the the creepy the creepy little kitten. No. Nah, nah. Right. Well, what's your next one then? So speaking of the fall of the House of Usher, because this is
1: technically my last one. This is your last one? Depending on if we have time. Because I told you, my last one one counts as two. Okay, well, I have two more. I have two more, and they're short. You want me to do another one? Yeah, why the fuck not? You know, it's
0: your spooktober. Everyone else is just living in it. Let's do it. Because you want to end on this one, right? Terrifying. I just want to end mine on this one. I don't need to end the entire podcast on this one.
1: Okay, I don't know if any of mine are good enough to fucking end on.
0: And we're live. I mean, I don't know that this is good enough to fucking end on either whatever fuck it all
1: right so i'm gonna do this one and then you'll do yours and then i'll end on on mine you're you're doing amazing sweetie okay so this one's called party crashing and it's by teddy okay ready okay don't crash a party it's rude no that's not good and teddy's about to tell you why go on babe yeah halloween is by far my favorite time of year the one wonderful day where walking around with a mask on is socially acceptable masks hold quite a unique place in society a mask can transform anyone into something else, turn an actor into a character, hide the secret identity of a superhero, or even allow monsters to walk amongst men. You never know what's behind a mask until you take it, until it's taken off. But that's the best part of Halloween. No one is going to take off anyone's mask. There's a gang of teenagers with their talking dog there. There is no gang of teenagers with their talking dog there to strip away my disguise and reveal the truth underneath. No, this is reality, and on Halloween I am perfectly able to hide in plain sight. Of course, wearing a mask has its own special meaning for me. I'm not an actor, superhero, or even a monster, not in the fictional terms at least. No, I simply use a mask as a means of entry. Any mask works, really, as long as it covers my face. I manage to use a different one every year. All I need to do is walk the streets of my suburban neighborhood, weave my way through various decorations and dodge packs of trick-or-treaters until I hear the familiar blaring of loud music. Like a sailor to a siren at the sea, I'm drawn to the music, to the party that emanates from it. Uh, Yes, that is why Halloween is so wonderful. No one seems to ever ask questions at the door to a Halloween party. All I really need to do is knock and wave when the door opens. The mask makes people just assume I'm there for the party. Hell, sometimes people just leave their front doors wide open, allowing even easier access to their home. On Halloween no one gives a second glance towards a masked man making his way through their midst which is what makes my hobby oh so fun. Mm. They are completely they are completely oblivious as I approach their food. They continue to chatter and gossip as my own as I add my own special ingredients to their bowl of punch. They continue <gasps> to dance and play as I stab small sharp needles into their chocolates and sweets. It is not until their first friend drops to the floor either choking on my poison or coughing up bloody needles that people start to panic it is the same every year as soon as i leave the party and hear the chaos rising behind me an unstoppable grim forms under my mask screams of terror are such a pleasant noise for such a pleasant holiday
0: these are the types of people that your parents warned you about that everybody on halloween was like no i need to check your candy first and then also take the candy tax because i'm checking your candy and i'm your
1: parent like why can't people have nice things i did see something it was probably originally from tiktok but there's something that like the kid goes through their their um candy basket because like kids get way too i don't know if it's the same now but when i was a kid we got way too much fucking candy so mm-hmm. the parents would have their kids go through their candy basket pick out a bunch of their favorites and the rest they put back in the basket and they leave on the front do- they leave outside the front door and the next day when the kid wakes up the i don't know what it's called halloween fairy or the uh, swap witch or something like that i think they're called ants <laughs> no uh, it's, like, this the swap witch or something that, like, will swap the candy that you don't want for, like, a toy or, like, something else. So that's, like, a way to, like, get rid of a bunch of Halloween candy. Obviously, like, as the parents, you're probably gonna eat it yourself. But... I was about to say, where does it go? Like, as the child in this situation, I well, suppose, it's the same where thing, does where, it thing. Where did your teeth ever go? The Tooth Fairy just took them.
0: No, I knew that because I found them in a container in my mom's makeup drawer. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes your parents keep your teeth. Sometimes they toss them. (laughs) Sometimes your parents keep your teeth, and sometimes you really wish they didn't. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so that was horrific. Um, But I don't begrudge you of that. Hey, I didn't do it. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. That was my Teddy. Teddy did that. You are simply the messenger. Yeah, you know what? It's fucking Teddy's fault. Like, that fucking asshole. Um... Alright, so this last one. Speaking of the fall of the House of Usher, mm-hmm. we do got a long one. Okay. And that is because it is the shortest story ever written by Edgar Allan Poe. Ooh, hoes for Poe. Hose for Poe. Um it was written in 1850 he initially like so i shouldn't say that it was initially published in 1842 but then like it it long story long story long story i don't want to get into this it's it's an old ass one i thought it would be fun
1: stop okay, cool. stop
0: questioning do it. Me. um the chateau into which my valet had ventured to make forcible entrance rather than permit me in my desperately wounded condition to pass a night in the open air was one of those piles of commingled gloom and grandeur which have so long frowned among the Apennines. Not less, in fact, than in the fancy of Mrs. Radcliffe. To all appearance, it had been temporarily and very lately abandoned. We established ourselves in one of the smallest and least sumptuously furnished apartments. It lay in a remote turret of the building. Its decorations were rich yet tattered and unique. Its walls were hung with tapestry and bedecked with manifold and multiform armorial trophies together with an unusually great number of very spirited modern paintings in frames of rich golden arabesque. In these paintings, which depended from the walls, not only in their main surfaces, but in very many nooks which the bizarre architecture of the chateau rendered necessary. In these paintings, my incipient delirium, perhaps, had caused me to take deep interest so that I bade Pedro to close the heavy shutters of the room since it was already night, to light the tongues of a tall candelabrum which stood by the head of my bed and to throw open far and wide the fringed curtains of black velvet which enveloped the bed itself. I wished all this done that I might resign myself if not to sleep at least alternately to the contemplation of these pictures and the perusal of a small volume which had been found upon the pillow and which purported to criticize and describe them. Long, long I read, and devoutly, devotedly I gazed. Rapidly and gloriously the hours flew by, and the deep midnight came. The position of the candelabrum displeased me, and outreaching my hand with difficulty, rather than disturb my slumbering valet, I placed it so as to throw its rays more fully upon the book. But the action produced an effect altogether unanticipated. The rays of the numerous candles, for there were many, now fell within a niche of the room, which had hitherto been thrown into deep shade by one of the bedposts. I thus saw in vivid light, a picture all unnoticed before. It was the portrait of a young girl just ripening into womanhood. I glanced at the painting hurriedly and then closed my eyes. Why I did this was not at first apparent even to my own perception. But while my lids remained thus shut, I ran over in my mind my reason for so-shutting them. It was an impulsive movement to gain time for thought, to make sure that my vision had not deceived me, to calm and subdue my fancy for a more sober and more certain gaze. In a very few moments, I again looked fixedly at the painting. That I now saw aright, I could not and would not doubt for the first flashing of the candles upon that canvas had seemed to dissipate the dreamy stupor which was stealing over my senses and to startle me at once into waking life. The portrait, I have already said, was that of a young girl. It was a mere head and shoulders done in what is technically termed a vignette manner, much in the style of the favorite heads of Sully. The arms, the bosom, and even the ends of the radiant hair melted imperceptibly into the vague yet deep shadow which formed the background of the whole. The frame was oval, richly gilded, and filigreed and moresque. As a thing of art, nothing could be more admirable than the painting itself. But it could have been neither the execution of the work nor the immortal beauty of the countenance which had so suddenly and so vehemently moved me. Least of all could it have been that my fancy, shaken from its half slumber, had mistaken the head for that of a living person, I saw at once that the peculiarities of the design, of the vignetting, and of the frame must have instantly dispelled such an idea, must have prevented even its momentary entertainment. Thinking earnestly upon these points, I remained for an hour, perhaps, half sitting, half reclining, with my vision riveted upon the portrait. At length, satisfied with the true secret of its effect, I fell back within the bed. I had found the spell of the picture in an absolute life-likeliness of expression, at which, which, at first startling, finally confounded, subdued, and appalled me. With deep and reverent awe, I placed the candelabrum in its former position. The cause of my deep agitation being thus shut from view I sought eagerly the volume which discussed the paintings and their histories. Turning to the number which designated the old oval portrait, I there read the vague and quaint words which follow. She was a maiden of rarest beauty and not more lovely than full of glee. And evil was the hour when she saw and loved and wedded the painter. He, passionate, studious, austere, and having already a bride in his art, she a maiden of rarest beauty, and not more lovely than full of glee, all smiles and light and frolicsome as the young fawn, loving and cherishing all things, hating only the art that was her rival, dreading only the palette and brushes and other untoward instruments which deprived her of the countenance of her lover, It was thus a terrible thing for this lady to hear the painter speak of his desire to portray even his young bride. But she was humble and obedient and sat meekly for many weeks in the dark, high turret chamber where the light dripped upon the pale canvas only from overhead. But he, the painter, took glory in his work, which went on from hour to hour and from day to day, and he was passionate, a a passionate and wild and moody man who became lost in reveries so that he would not see that the light which fell so ghastly in that lone turret withered the health and spirits of his bride who pined visibly for all but him. Yet she smiled on and still on uncomplainingly because she saw that the painter who had high renown took a fervid and burning pleasure in his task and wrought day and night to depict her who so loved him yet who grew daily more dispirited and weak. And in sooth, some who beheld the portrait spoke of its resemblance in low words as of a mighty marvel and a proof, not less of the power of the painter than of his deep love for her whom he depicted so surpassingly well. But at length, as the labor drew nearer to its conclusion, there were admitted none into the turret for the painter had grown wild with the ardor of his work and turned to his eyes, from canvas merely, even to regard the countenance of his wife. And he would not see that the tints which he spread upon the canvas were drawn from the cheeks of her who sat beside him. And while many weeks, and when many weeks passed, and but little remained to do save one brush upon the mouth, one tint upon the eye, the spirit of the lady again flickered up as the flame within the socket of the lamp. And then the brush was given and the tint was placed And for one moment, the painter stood entranced before the work which he had wrought out. But in the next, while he yet gazed, he grew tremulous and very pallid and aghast. And crying with a loud voice, this is indeed life itself, turned suddenly to regard his beloved. She was dead. And that is why we are thankful for
1: selfies. Yeah. A love a spooky Poe story
0: yeah we love a spooky Poe story we love a short Poe story we loved Fall of the House of Usher if you haven't listened to that if you haven't listened to our episode on why and how we love it but first you should definitely listen to like or watch the Fall of the House of Usher yeah we if spoil you, everything if you, yeah if you haven't been kicked out of your parents Netflix account yet definitely give it a good little watch yeah Um. but yeah love it Poe man Host for Poe. Po. Host for
1: Poe. Um, I'm about to read my last story. Uh, we did all the plugs up top, but I'll just remind you cosmicgreencandles.com. Use uh, code crimeculture for 10% off. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks again to all of our patrons, not just the patrons yeah. that get the, the shout, shout outs. Um, we have a Halloween live stream tonight, 10 p.m. Mm. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, whatever time that means in your time zone. Uh, we will be watching a spooky movie that you can find out what we're watching on our Instagram. And um, yeah, we hope to see you there. It's going to be a fun time. I'm going to try to be in costume. I'm going to be hopefully wearing my costume earlier to uh, mm. hand out candy at my parents' house. Oh, yeah. Are they yeah. going to use the candy gun this year? Yes. Uh, we bought, if you haven't listened before, we during COVID when... It was a challenge to be near anybody. Um, I thought you were just going to leave it at when it was a challenge. And I was like, it was.
0: It, was yeah. it The entire thing
1: was a fucking challenge. You're right. It was a challenge. Uh, my mom bought one of those, like, um, those, like, pressurized gun things that you, like, shoot, like, a, a tennis ball for a dog. mm mm-hmm. um, And it is the perfect mechanism to shoot a small bag of gummies from your garage to the end of your driveway so Mm -hmm. that is how we handed out candy during covid and it's just stuck we get more people now because people know we are the house that shoots the candy at you (laughs) uh we have people trying to catch it it's just a really fun time we drink margs in the driveway and just like drunkenly shoot children (laughs) honestly it's a fun time what other purpose is there yeah so uh i'm gonna be a little lit up for the stream it's what you deserve honestly it's great we're drinking halloween margaritas that are blackberry somethings blackberry Ooh. sage i think I'm very excited for them i found the recipe um but anyway so that is going to be tonight our live stream um and without further ado this story is called the man who lives above you by clarissa does she explain it all i wish she would she's gonna explain something so get ready for it oh boy all right the man who lives above you is the quiet type how lucky you are to live in an apartment underneath someone so courteous it seems he never drops anything seeing as how you never hear any loud thumps coming from the room above yours he's even kind enough to keep the volume on his radio and tv too low to disrupt you come to think of it had you not seen and spoken to him you would think that no one lived up there i feel dragged because i am an upstairs neighbor uh quite a big change from living below a bunch a batch of rowdy teenagers he is a terrible rowdy teenager i'm not a rowdy teenager no no longer (laughs) he is terribly kind as well within the first week of you living there he invites you up to dinner and offers his services as a plumber in case you have any leaky faucets the maintenance crew at this complex is awfully incompetent and Mm. you can't have it all i suppose he didn't even get offended when you told him you were far too busy and didn't know him well enough to dine with him. He simply smiled, gave you his number, and let you know that the offer stood as long as you lived below him. Aww. One night, you decide to take him up on his offer, seeing as how you're tired of the hot pockets and your busy schedule allows. Uh, you call, uncertain about whether or not he's home due to the other silence from above you, and he answers and invites you up to join, invites you upstairs to join him. He has made far too much chicken piccata to eat himself. Oh, I'll Delish. help him. You climb the stairs and enter his apartment. It's impeccable. You've already managed to spill some Coke Zero. <gasps> Is it on me? your carpet. Yeah. In his six years living there, he has left no stains. Dinner smells delightful. He already has a place set for you, almost like he, he was expecting you sooner. Astounded by his kindness, you seat yourself and begin eating. Almost immediately, you feel a bit drowsy. Overworked, perhaps? He smiles and watches your muscles slowly fail you, the sauce dribbling out of your mouth. You can't hold it closed. You start to slide from your chair. You can almost feel the floor meeting your body, but no. He catches you. No sound is made. He carries you down the hall, ever so quietly. You're growing too unconscious to worry, so rest assured, no one will hear a thing. You won't even hit the floor. Oh, this is the blueprint for how to kidnap me. Yeah
0: that's it they 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 come for the chicken piccata and you stay for the coke zero god yeah man yeah man i got got did you plan this no damn yep it's all coke zero and i was like oh it's caitlin yeah but actually yeah chicken piccata and coke zero (sighs) i mean yeah that's all it takes truly for me
1: i believe it so um, i know you do you've dealt with me that was spooked over it's God, we, really we really did it guys
0: i was about to say we really did it i mean i guess there is the hollow stream tonight which you should tune in by the you should way tune in. Yeah. um it's a fun time i i at the time of this recording i we don't know what we're going to be i'm so excited to find out yeah
1: yeah we have some really fun options like we said so like it's going to be a great time yeah check Um, it out have some fun twitch.tv slash crime culture podcast again we'll post it on all of our social medias so you can just click the link there but Mm -hmm. uh plan for it start following us now so you get notified when we go live do it yeah please Uh, we will be back to our regular schedule starting next week, Tuesdays only. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, we can't wait to see you tonight. Yeah. And, um, we hope you enjoy, we hope you have a really good Halloween. Like,
0: it's the best time
1: of the year. Yeah.
0: You know, just have some fun.
1: Have some fun let us be know safe. which yeah Don't let us spooky. let us know which story you thought was the scariest yes that'll be a fun time and um it'll be a fun time we will see you next tuesday <gasps> bye, bye. bye. oh Woo. Woo. i like that let's do that yeah
0: Woo. Bye. 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 bye.